I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers on NYCHA's new challenges. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. The New York City Housing Authority provides affordable homes for hundreds of thousands of low and moderate income New Yorkers, a population about the size of the city of Miami. At a time like this, when the city housing shortage is in a crisis, it has never been more important. NYCHA has been in existence for decades. Residents pay rent according to their income and contribute nearly half to the multi-billion dollar a year budget. The rest of the money comes from city, state, and federal funding and other sources. In recent years, the system has been hit with a variety of scandals, like falsifying lead paint safety inspections, no heat or hot water, and various mismanagement problems, including health problems for residents from mold, from mold that was in the buildings and never remediated. A federal monitor was put in place to sort out this tangled web of city, state, and federal regulations, practices, and oversight. In February 2024, 70 NYCHA building superintendents and staffers were hit with federal corruption charges in a wide-ranging investigation that is ongoing. In the meantime, many residents still deal with daily challenges like broken front doors and elevators, peeling plaster and paint, floods, broken plumbing or not working plumbing, rats, and a lack of slow repairs. Many developments still have scaffolding up for no apparent reason. There's no repairs that appear to be going on for years and a lack of outdoor garbage uh, receptacles, just some basic sanitary conditions like that. It's clear to pretty much everyone that things cannot go on the way they're going for many reasons, mainly money. Well, we reached out to NYCHA for a representative to join our panel and our conversation, but they declined due to the ongoing investigation is the reason they cited. In this show, we're taking a look at what this all means for the families living in NYCHA, taxpayers and voters, and the very future of our city. So let's find out what we're dealing with right now. Joining me is Barbara McFadden. She's the president of the Nostrand Houses Resident Association. Barbara, great to have you with us. Thank you. Also with us is Carmen Quinones. She's the president of the Frederick, Frederick Douglass Houses Resident Association. Carmen, thank you so much for being with us. Always a pleasure. We appreciate it. Also joining us is Mahir Saveri. He's a reporter covering housing with the New York Times. Mahir, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting me. We, we appreciate it. Carmen, I want to start with you on this. In terms of where NYCHA is now, are things better for the residents, worse, the same? You've been at this for a long time. There's a shortage all over the place. I mean, we have shortage on caretakers. We have shortage on everything around here. Um, you know, and, and it's, it's not changing much. It's not going to change much. It's just going to get worse and that's the sad part that it's going to get worse. Uh, we do have, thank God, I have a very good rapport with some of our people here in Frederick Douglass. Like my, we have a new supervisor um, and uh, we have new people here. So, you know, we're working towards getting things done. Um, and thank God I keep I keep my finger on the pulse with them. But there are there are too many problems here, too many floods, too many broken pipes. Um, it's, it's an ongoing battle and it's not going to, it's, I don't see any relief. So. And that's gotta be, uh, that's gotta be so discouraging for you because you get a lot of the calls from your residents. Listen, Lisa, um, before I got on board now, as soon as I get off of here, I got to go to a 68. They have no heat. The woman, uh, she's been complaining about the heat, um, as she has babies. So, Right after I get off of here, I'm going to A68. I have to go right back to where we came from, the Brownstones. I got to go over there because there's another leak there. So it, it's an ongoing thing. I don't get a break. 
I know, I know you don't. And uh, Barbara, we appreciate you making time to to be with us once again to talk about this because you've been on this on this uh, journey with us as we've tried to make people aware of what's actually going on in NYCHA. Barbara McFadden, you're the, the president of the Nostrand Houses Resident Association. You made history uh, this past year with a vote, the first time NYCHA residents could vote on their future, what type of a management plan they wanted to have in, in effect for them. Um, how bad had things gotten at Nostrand that you were considering doing something that had never been done before? Well, um, first and foremost, um, before I answer that question, I'd like to thank you, Ms. Quinones, and the entire staff for having me here. And foremost, I want to thank all the resident leaders in NYCHA for the wonderful job they do servicing the residents, because this kind of work isn't easy. And Ms. Quinones would definitely attest to that. Yes, Nostrandhausen made history, as we all know. Governor Hochul signed on a Preservation Trust 2022. We all know that Mayor Adams has supported it. I appreciate him on that because I understood a lot of the buildings throughout NYCHA is defecating, they're falling apart, they're deteriorating. And especially Nostrand Housing, it's an old building. It's been here like 50-something years. And I know for a fact the volcano is going to explode. So what I did, not only I encouraged other residents to go with me up to Albany to protest and fight for this bill. But I felt like every tenant had a right to have another public option because the Preservation Trust is a public option. Even though we have Section 9 that was established 1937 by the federal government, we also have the RADPAC, which was put in place 2011. And now Hoku signed off on the Preservation Trust 20. Um, 22. And I'm happy for that because my builders at Nostrum will not collapse because that trust will unlock billions of dollars and it will allow NYCHA to do the necessary and needed repairs down in Nostrum. Okay, Olsen. and we're going we're gonna to talk about that. But Mihiri, you, you've covered this. Ex- explain for our audience and our listeners and our viewers, there's three basic like three three basic avenues now for NYCHA residents. What are they? Yeah. Okay, uh, let, let me just... Okay, Barbara, hold on. No, no, uh, for okay. me. Okay, great. There's a little... Yeah. Sorry about that. Go ahead, me here. Okay, nope. so you don't want McFadden to answer? <laughs> no, I do, but I want to give him a chance because we're I'm watching the clock. I got to get everybody in the first segment. <laughs> I'm coming back to you. Okay. Segment. Okay. Me here, go right ahead. <laughs> what, are, what are the... When you look at the options... For NYCHA residents, people are getting confused because they hear about these different acronyms and then what's this, what's that. What do you see from your vantage point? Yeah, I mean, and and uh, Barbara did a great job of, of sort of outlining some of these, but, you know, there's there's Section 9, which is sort of the traditional public housing program. It's been around for many decades. Um, and uh, there is the PACT program, RAD PACT, which is um, a an attempt to shift some of these developments over to private management. And as a result, uh, you get to tap into a Section 8 funding, different types of federal funds. And then there's the Public uh, Preservation Trust, which is, uh, you know, as Barbara mentioned, it was just recently established. And it works similarly to Rad Pact in that um, the, the developments are still owned by NYCHA, but they're leased to this new public entity. Um, and as a result, you can tap into different types of federal funds. To your point, I mean, it's all like acronyms. It's very confusing, um, and I can totally understand why people wouldn't be able to like 
sort of wrap their heads around this, but um, you know, ultimately it comes down to where the money's coming from. Well, no, it ultimately does come down to money, and we're going to talk with our guests about that because it's the it's the residents at the end of the day that have to deal with this um, when they can't go upstairs, but they their and their elevator is broken. There's all sorts of uh, issues and ramifications here. We're going to continue with this conversation on Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Salute. This is General Steele from Smith & Wesson. And right now you're listening to Street Soldiers with your girl, Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're taking a look at NYCHA's new challenges Joining me for this conversation, Barbara McFadden. She's the president of the Nostrand Houses Resident Association. Also with us, Carmen Quinones. She's a longtime president of Frederick Douglass Houses Resident Association. And Mahir Saveri, he's a reporter with the New York Times, and he's been covering housing and covering NYCHA. Carmen, when the recent, with the recent arrests of these NYCHA superintendents, one of them, one of the employees that was arrested was at your development. Your development is named in that indictment. Were you surprised when you heard about this, that there was something funny going on with the money? No, uh, actually, I wasn't surprised. Uh, but I think we were blessed because, uh, like I said, she was back in uh, 2018 to 2021. Uh, so which means that I, I must be doing a good job because <laughs> we haven't found anybody else here with that type. Right. That was stealing, Right. And again, it's about keeping your hands on the pulse. And I want to go back to a little bit what you were talking about. Rad Pack and Blueprint. All this is all good for everybody else, but resident management is really the way to go. Um, resident management, where the residents can control their own stuff, it's not an easy. It's not an easy thing to do, but it is something that we should do. Um, I am the first one uh, with the five hundred one c three now for the first pilot program for the uh, resident management corporation. So we can talk about that at some other time, but everything is not about Rad Pack the, and, 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 and the trust. Uh, people need to have equity in their life. And so that's what I'm pushing for, Resident Management Corporation, and that's what we all should do. But everybody's not the same. Different developments have different needs. And so we do what we, what, what we can and what's best for us. I mean, here in, ter- in terms of the money, I mean, this is something that's that's just been, it's mind-blowing to people. I started to look at it like, you're talking about a multi-billion dollar a year budget. You're talking yeah, about residents. Not guaranteed. Not guaranteed. Like all of, them, all, of, all of this money, and then it's coming from here, it's coming from the state, it's coming from this newly named program. I mean, is it's almost like, you know, are the, are the cards just moving around, it, but it's the same three cards? It's just a mess. <laughs> it's just a mess. Mahir, what about that? Yeah, I mean, I I, I would say, um, you know, the the like to I, I hear what you're saying, but like really the fundamental issue, right? When we're talking about money, I was just pulling up the numbers, and you know, in in 2006 they estimated they needed seven billion dollars to repair, do some like adequate repairs. That number is now 78 billion dollars. I mean, it's like it's it's staggering. And so when you have that level of need and the amount of money that's coming from any pool doesn't batch that level every year it's like a downward spiral almost in that you keep you know things will get worse you'll need more repairs things will keep breaking down it, it just it, it just gets worse and worse um over time um so so yeah i mean it, it, in a way it's like you know we can try to f- figure it out and and move it around somewhere but it's it's hard to see you know each new administration or each new leadership 
team come in and propose something different or something the same. Carmen, in terms of the sustainability of the the funding of these other programs, what have you heard from... Please, Sutter, I sincerely apologize. The white trust You can't trust anything that NYCHA does. You cannot trust anything. And especially when it comes to money, you cannot trust anything. They will tell you anything. They will feed you anything like they've been doing. Again, we need to own our own. That's what we need. We need equity. We need to run our own. We know what's best for us. They don't know what's best for us. They've tried it. They failed. Enough is enough. We need to keep on with the resident management corporations. We need to get funded. HUD needs to give us the, um, the training that we need so that we can run our own development. These are in our bylaws. These are in, a, in, in our, what do we call it? They need to train us, and that's it. Stop getting all these outside entities that are not doing anything for us when we have the people and the knowledge right here, right here, if you're in these developments. Go ahead, Barbara. Yes. Um, What I want to say was that's a great idea of what Carmen was saying. Let train us and let us own. But I feel that, no, everyone deserves a, a right to be trained, but it's like time consuming, like, I can't wait. No, I need you to hear me because I'm in no strength. Every development has different needs, even though all, all residents deserve to have a better quality of life. But I'm not going to wait till the volcan- volcano explodes. That's why I went forward with the voting process. And I'm doomed to see some results. I'm not going to, um, what you call, there was someone say jinx it. I'm going to give it a chance because it may just work. I don't know. See, the question is, we don't know. So why should I stay on the negative side? I'm thinking positive because how about it does work? And how bad were the conditions at Nostra in there for your residents? Yeah, they're, they're bad. I'm going to be honest. We just got the roofing done. We definitely have to have plumbing work done. Yeah, it's a lot of work that needs to be done. And like I said, I was not going to wait till the volcano, volcano explodes. Even if they wanted to train me to own my own development, I could be trained, but that's time consuming. I don't have that time to wait. So you saw it as urgent. Mahir, what, what about the uh, what about the, the the stability is one of the big things because there's a lot of people. I mean, we've been hearing this for years. They point to Vaughn projects in St. Louis. They point to what happened in Newark. And um, even even Carmen, when we were first on the town hall with us, with, with now Congressman Richie Torres from the Bronx, he said this is demolition by neglect. You know, as right. instead of just doing that, right. taking it all down, this is what it is. Mahir, do you, is there anything where te- where resident management has worked? or has there? And are there any public health systems that are really, you know, efficient and working? Yeah, I mean uh, that's a that's a good question. Um, you know, if if you like, I think you could. I think one thing one thing to mention, which is important, is like you look at New York City's public housing system, and of course, there's a lot that needs to be improved. People are living in conditions that they shouldn't have to be living in, but you know, it has lasted. It has stayed when other public housing systems have you know either been demolished or been you know given to other private entities. So I think that's a testament to the need here. Um, and to Barbara's point, I think that, you know, there hasn't been a great example that can be pointed to and be like, oh, yeah, we need to follow this path. So it's I think everyone's kind of at a, a point where, like, we need to find creative solutions um, and just depending on what that will be. It may be something that's never been done before. And then in terms of in terms of the re- residents fears, people's fear of any change that any change is going to really basically kind of 
open that door just a little bit, and then the next thing is the the wrecking ball or the uh, explosive to demolish the, the buildings. Because a lot of these developments in New York, as you know, they're in they're in prime real estate. I mean, everything, yep. and and that's that's the real key. Yeah, that's so, the real key. What about that, Carmen? How concerned are you about that? That's the real key. We're on prime real estate, and 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 that's why all of this is happening. But again, um, listen. I, I I think every development is different. Every development has its own need, right? And you need to know what's best for you. We what we know what's best for us. But there has to be some point where you say enough is enough. That every time you turn around, you know, you tell us one thing, there's another. You tell us one thing, there's another. We can't depend on what they say anymore. So we have to start trying to take control of our own destinies. I got 19 grandkids. I ain't got time for all of this. I don't have time for this. You know how long my daughter's been on a waiting list? Give me a break. When is enough enough? When is it enough? And again, we have to learn how to take control of our own destiny. Period, point blank. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to find out about get down to the nitty gritty in the buildings. Why are just some of these basic things not being done and have not been done and continue to not be done? We're going to find out what our guests have to say when we come back. This is Street Soldiers. We're talking about NYCHA. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Stay with us. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about NYCHA, the new challenges, and what residents are doing, what residents can look forward to or maybe be afraid of, and also just getting a big picture of where everything is. Joining me for this conversation is Carmen Quinones. She is the president of the Frederick Douglass Houses Resident Association. We have been following the work that she's been doing since 2018, actually 2017, and she joined us in our, our groundbreaking town hall in 2018 when Hundreds of thousands of residents were without heat during the coldest winter in decades. Carmen, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Also with us is Mahir Zaveri. He's a reporter for the New York Times. He's been covering NYCHA and a lot of housing issues in New York City uh, for a number of years. Mahir, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for having me. So Mahir, when you look at most of just, and please correct me if I'm wrong, just so our listeners and viewers understand. So most, so most of NYCHA is still what's called Section 9, which is the traditional, the government runs it. Exactly. are basically renters. Is that right? That's yeah. right. Okay. And then, and then a number of years ago, not too long ago, we saw this model of this private management where the private, these private real estate management companies will come in to manage the, manage the developments on the a promise that they would repair the apartments and give them upgrades like Betances houses. So there was one out of Far Rockaway, Ocean, I think it's called Ocean uh, Way. Ocean like Bay. Ocean Bay, thank you. Um, and we saw the apartments. The apartments look really, really great, but who knows, you know, what there's there's also a lot that has to happen with the infrastructure. And then this newest uh this newest development at Nostrand Houses, where they're involved in this in this preservation uh trust. As a situation from your vantage point, what do you see as the advantages and disadvantages of each one? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, I think the section nine, which, as you mentioned, is the most uh, the, the biggest uh, slice and is sort of the traditional housing program. I think that a lot of residents 
um, will see this, and a lot of people see this, is this is the most sort of quote, unquote, public version of, of public housing. I mean, it's the one that uh, the system has been running for many years, um, and it's the one that it feels like the public has the most uh, power over, the accountability over. Um, so, you know, in, in that sense, it's something we know. It's something we know has been uh, here for a while. Um, I think it's there's a good argument to be made that it hasn't worked, uh, and that's for many reasons, um, including many at the federal level. Um, but you know, it's it's basically like the the system that we've we've seen. Um, the Rad PAC program, as you mentioned, that was something that was put into place under uh, President Obama. The advantage of that system is that you know it's it's one way of getting new money into NYCHA. So how that works is that you know you get vouchers for each unit. Um, under Section 8 program, and then you can borrow money against the income that you get from those vouchers. And then you can borrow money against the vouchers to get, you know, make the sort of billions of dollars of repairs that you need to, uh, you know, upgrade the apartments, et cetera. And then the trust actually works in almost the exact same way. I mean, you you basically have created this new entity to manage these units and you're borrowing again against these vouchers that are coming in. But it's just a new, it's a new entity um, publicly created. And there's, uh, you know, people like, I think Barbara's on the board of it. There's other people who are you know, part of the manage, uh, public people who are sort of managing this new entity. But Barbara, uh, but um, Carmen, are there too many cooks in the kitchen with this? There's too many cooks in our kitchen and nobody really know how to cook. That's the problem. If if they knew how to cook, it'd be, it, it'd be okay, but they don't know how to cook. And again, you keep, you keep putting the same people doing the same thing, the same thing. And you're not opening it up to the residents at all. You're not opening it up to the people that really count. You have a little plan, and these clans got to stop. But Carmen, let me ask you this: take us through, take us, take us through when somebody has a flood in their apartment, which has, is happening fairly frequently and has been happening for years at Douglas houses. What's the procedure that they have to go through to try to get just to try to stop the water from gushing into their apartment and to get it actually repaired? Take us, take us through that. Give us a give us a sense of that. Well. Well, the floods are very hard uh, to control uh, because they happen at, at at crazy hours of the night. And so depending on when that flood happens, you have to first call emergency services. Make sure you got to put that ticket in. Everything is a ticket. And once you get that ticket in, then they start. Of course, they try to get somebody out there. But me, not me. I go above the, I go above the grade. I don't, I don't go to the I have heating, I have heating, I have everybody's number. So I call everybody straight. That's what I do. And I get them there. Um, and of course, it's it. the hard part about it is most of these pipes are deteriorating and they crumble in your hand. Um, I had one crumble in my hand. I couldn't believe it. Uh, and so when you talk about like the reservation trust and the pack and the whatnot, it is cool because it's all cosmetic stuff, but the infrastructure is not being done. And and the, if, if the, you don't do the infrastructure, it doesn't matter how how many times I clean my house. How can I clean my house on the top and not in the bottom? How can I I I put my 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 sofa so nice and under it is nothing but dirt? No, I I understand. I mean, here, what about, what about the um. Because that that's you, you mentioned those huge number that what you know a certain number of years ago like millions of like one ten times uh, the amount of money because the the actual infrastructure is 
you know, is corroding, it's rotting, it's it's not being serviced. And then we see in, the, in Chelsea, which you had covered, and I had covered too, and uh, former Mayor Bill de Blasio had, had announced mm-hmm. it, where they're actually taking down some of the developments because they realize this is just too much, you know, that there's too much to be done. It's never going to never going to be able to be paid for. We have another plan. Tell us what they're doing there. Yeah. So um, in that instance, uh, the the latest uh, cost estimate of the repairs that they needed to do there was about equivalent to. So it was about equivalent to do the repairs or just, you know, build a whole build a whole new set of developments just because the conditions had gotten so bad there. And that was based on their own estimates. Um, so in that case, what they're planning to do is they're trying to planning to build new buildings, move people into the buildings and demolish the old buildings. Um, and so this is a process that could take, uh, you know, several years. Um, the, the other component of this, which, um, you know, NYCHA will say was developed with residents, uh, though there's obviously some contention over that. Uh, is that they're going to put some market rate mixed income buildings on on that land, or at least that's the that's the plan. Um, and to do so would be, you know, I think it was mentioned earlier. I mean, this is like primary New York City real estate. You could probably get people paying pretty high rents to live there, and then that money could help just do some of the repairs or some of the upgrades and and that sort of thing. So that's the, that's one of the ideas long term, at least. Um, and and then this idea, and then the, the this idea also too. There's been some elected officials that have proposed. Well, look at all the land that that's in Nitro. Why not build some housing there, Karma? What do you think about that? Hey, listen that that was the that was the plan all along was to get those residents out of there, um, and the residents are not going to go back there. They're not they're going to be placed somewhere else, and they're going to get they're never going to be able to go back to that place. They, that's the plan. The plan is to well, that's your that's your middle. Hold on one second. That's that's your that's your fear, but what they what they've been saying that what the, they meaning the government says is that they the residents will be moved into these new. Let me tell you, in the same development, you don't believe that, Carmen? No, you give me a contract and you tell me to sign this today that I'm going to move in, and then you wait five or six years for this to get done. And my life has moved on. Do you think people want their lives disrupted every time you decide? If, if, if I'm out of the building for five years already and I got a different apartment, why would I go back? And that is the, that is the thing. It is a form of displacement, period. They didn't even get enough signatures to do what they're doing down there. They didn't get enough signatures. They combined Chelsea and Fulton signatures. Now, if you, if you look at it, really look at it, take those signatures apart. You don't have enough for Fulton signatures and you don't have enough of Chelsea uh, signatures for the residents to agree about what was happening there. So you're saying, so here is this, so is, is this, is this, am I understanding this correctly? So from what Carmen is saying that they, they have to leave the apartment they're in and then like five years down the road, they'll have a new apartment to move into. I mean, it, that's definitely how they've done it in the past uh, when they've had to, you know, build uh, new, new new apartments for people. They say in this instance they're going to build the apartment first and then move people to the new apartment and then get rid of the old apartment. So in theory, that would get, make sure people have somewhere to move to before they have to leave their other place. Um, you know, uh, I, as I think you mentioned earlier, like we just have to, you know, there's there's a lot of trust there's a lot of trust that needs to be built with people basically to to you know see if this is actually going to happen or not and 
If it doesn't, I mean, I think that would just be another instance of where people feel like they've been. And it, and it seems also too because of the current housing, the, the you know we keep hearing these 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 very frightening statistics about just the occupancy rate is very high. There's very few affordable apartments in the in the city to completely move and relocate yourself or your family to another city. That's that's a very expensive proposition. You know, working while you're doing that, it's just, it's just a very, very difficult thing. We're going to continue this conversation about NYCHA. And, you know, why can't basic things get fixed? That's the, that it always comes down to the real question. And will NYCHA be here 20 years from now? That's, that's another question as well. We're going to find out what our guests have to say when we come back. Stay with us. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. What it do, what it do, man. It's your boy, Roscoe Dash. And this is The Street Soldier with Lisa Evers, man. Real issues, real politics, real people. Only on Hot 97. Let's do it. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about NYCHA's new challenges. And joining us, Carmen Quinones. She's the president of the Frederick Douglass Houses Resident Association. And also, Mahir Zaveri. He's a reporter covering housing for the New York Times. The... Mahir, one of the things that the, the frustrations, no matter what development it was, we've we hear constantly when we're uncovering these stories as a reporter for Fox Five, is basically things just don't get done. You know, the things like the locks on the front door that you need for security in some places, the locks are never uh, completely secure. They're just like basic safety things like that. What do you think about that? It's hard to believe. The number of things, just basic things that you say that people kind of have to live with and just accept um, on a day-to-day basis. Part of the issue here is that there are just so many needs and a limited amount of resources. Um, That's one broad problem. Um, Two, and NYCHA has been working on this, then they say they have at least. I mean, there has been like a cultural issue in sort of dealing with resident complaints and dealing with resident concerns and responding to them um, in time. So they're trying to revamp their whole the whole way they do business. Um, and then finally, I mean, you know, one of the problems is that as a public housing entity, sometimes you have to hire vendors to do some of this work. And NYCHA, you know, sometimes the best vendors don't want to work with NYCHA because it, it, it's a mismanagement. right? It's just yeah. like the time and then the time to pick. Carmen, the, the, you, you kind of forge your own way through the bureaucracy with by having direct contact with people, you've been there for a long time, so you know a lot of the residents. There's a there's a tremendous sense, not just at your development, but a lot, a lot of developments too. There's a tremendous sense of community because so many people have been there in the same apartment in the same neighborhood for so long. There's a real sense of of community. But what about have there been different periods where you've seen less bureaucracy to get things done, or 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 more, or has there been anything like that? I think we need to be fair about this whole situation. Um, and NYCHA uh, has done um, its share of fixing these doors. Um, we have a big problem when it comes to the front doors, the entrance doors here. They fix them, they break them. They fix them, they break them. And it, let me tell you, it costs us $8,000 per door. I've got 19 buildings. I've got 19 buildings. So it, let's be fair about it. Uh, they do try to fix, they do fix them, but they get broken again. And again, it's, it, we have, we're talking about, um, the safety issue. Not only is, is NYCHA responsible for safety, but the police department is also. And so with the cuts with the police department, we're, we're facing that. We're facing cuts with, with our community, uh, cops also. So there's cuts all over the place. 
and it's affecting everything. So while we we can advocate for more money for Niger, but we need to advocate for more more police and more uh we need everything, and because everything plays a part in what happens in public housing. Right. We cannot take care of our residents if we have no public safety, and and that's a big that's a big problem. That that's so, another issue as well. I mean, here, but it always it always comes down to the to the money. Like when you see these numbers with so many zeros, you know, so many commas, so many zeros. Well, it's staggering. Well, if they cut, if they start cutting from the top, maybe because you know people getting paid all this money for doing nothing. So you got to start from the top. Stop chopping down because you're probably getting all the little people. But these people are getting paid G money, G money for sitting behind a desk doing nothing. Let's be for real now. This has to stop. It's just like the corruption now. Uh, Y'all got all 70 people and all supervisors. Well, what about the contractors? How come we haven't arrested them? They played a part into giving money to these these 70 supervisors. So if we're gonna if we're gonna talk, let let's talk about the full game. Well, they might be the confidential informants that tipped them. Well, who knows? Who knows what it is? But me here in ter- in terms of the in terms of the level of bureaucracy, this is the other thing with NYCHA too. It's just we're talk we're not ta- we're not talking about launching a space shuttle to Mars. We're talking about basic housing things that haven't really changed all that much. You know, our technologies changed dramatically, but you, pipes are still pipes, plumbing is still plumbing, bathrooms and kitchens are still you know yeah, there's changes, but it, it, it's very, very basic uh, c- construction stuff. It, it's like from your reporting, have you seen like an over like an excessive amount of bureaucracy? Um, I think it's hard to say that anything in government works without somewhat of an excessive amount of bureaucracy. Um, you see some of the same issues in other departments and, and things like that. But, you know, NYCHA in particular, I mean, you've just been so troubled for so long. You know, it's just it, it is it is sort of like have has its own um, level of, of issues. Um, whether or not, you know, slim streamlining that bureaucracy would save money. I mean, I think this needs are super, are so great that even if you, I don't know, halved the amount of people who work there, you're not going to necessarily get enough money. Um, but you know, that's one of the, like, I know people have very strong feelings about, you know, which path they take, um, whether it's the pact rad, whether it's section nine, whether it's the public housing preservation trust, but like one of the things that I've talked to residents about about Pact Rad is that maybe it's better to have uh, a different type of manager, uh, like even a private manager who can maybe get things done faster than uh, a government entity can um, because of all the bureaucracy. And then in terms of the federal monitor, the, the you know, we, we've been hearing about this federal monitor. This happened after there was this, this scandal about the lead paint, the, the fake inspections uh, being approved in apartments where there were no inspections done. The lead paint was a very big, a, a very big issue. But in turn, is is there much that that, that NYCHA can actually do under the federal monitor? Because I, didn't, I think they have like certain uh, timelines that they had to make certain repairs. Or, or what can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, it's so the you put the the backdrop is the sort of uh, falsifying of, of lead complaints and lead repairs, uh, but. You know, the, the monitor has sort of five main areas. It's the lead, the mold, the heating, the elevators, and the pests. And there's a plan for each of them. There's timelines for each of them. Um, and this was, you know, the city was trying to avoid a receiver, right, which is a little bit different than a monitor. That would be someone who would come in and actually run the whole thing instead of the monitor is just supposed to hold them accountable. 
that all being said, uh, you know, they've they've met some deadlines. They haven't met other deadlines, uh, according to the monitor. And it's it's the, the results have been pretty mixed so far, at least according to the monitor's own evaluation. Carmen, what about that? Do you think that the, the, the what effect has the monitor had in terms of the day to day life of your residents? Um, the monitor did um, visit uh, Douglas a lot. Uh, we we kept our finger on the pulse with the monitor. Anything that happened, we we reached out to them, and things were being done. The problem with that was a lot of people did not keep their finger on the pulse with that with the monitor, and the complaints would come maybe in a hearing or something like that. But see that that's what I'm saying. A lot of the elected officials are very responsible for everything that's going on in New York City Housing Authority. You know, the, and that's why I'm running for state assembly. That, that I got to push that in there. Because our elected officials have not, not done anything for the people in New York City Housing Authority at all. They have been really uh, backed off of anything that's happening. I mean, I got like three emails today from a councilman telling me what's happening in my development. And I'm telling him, it's already done. What are you talking about? You know, come, show your face. And this, and this is and this is why I keep telling residents. Residents need to run for public office like I am. Really, we really need to run. Enough is enough. We can run our own developments. We need to run for office. Mahir, what about the um the, the option of having the, the the private ownership, what they call the PACRAD, that that came out of the Obama administration? I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, what have you you know What have you seen with that? So, uh, and just a, a just a point of clarification, you know, in theory, it, it is it is a private management, but NYCHA does still own the building and the land and everything. So, um, you know, that that's one of the points that they'll make, and that you know, that is, um, you know, there's some level of pu- public accountability there. But uh, you know, it's 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 it depends where you go and who you ask. I think if you talk to people, uh, many people who, uh, you know, are live in developments where some of these changes have been made. I mean, you know, it's just nice at some point to have a better apartment than you've had for so long like just right some things looking work working better looking better and that sort of thing um so and and you know in nostrand when i was uh, reporting on residents voting on which path they wanted to take many people were like you know i saw an apartment at one of these pack ride developments and it looked nice and i want that you know i'm tired of of all you know all these other issues and fighting and and, and worrying about all these other things and i just want just some quality of life improvements that I could be happy about. Uh, oh, like so, some basic things like like clean walls that are not torn open with exposed pipes and and that type of thing. Yeah. But what's the sense in that if if the infrastructure is not being done, and in a couple of months you're going to be right back where you started? That doesn't make any sense at all. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. Uh, Carmen Quinones, but here's a very thank you very much, and thank you for joining us. For this episode of Street Soldiers, I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all.